There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. It's Wednesday, September 21st. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, brought to you by the men and women of Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. Today, a high school football game that turned violent, resulting in charges against five people, including a coach, could change how schools in our region address security at future games. In the middle of football season, both schools' football programs are now suspended. And Montgomery County is rolling out a new safety plan that changes the rules for not only players, but spectators at games going forward. We will not tolerate any sort of indefensible or violent behaviors because that then becomes a violation to our community. So how did this fight happen? For that, we turn to WTOP's Kate Ryan to fill us in about the brawl on the field in Gaithersburg and the charges that four teens and a man are facing. The level of anxiety that kids are experiencing about violence on their school campuses and now at an event that's supposed to be fun, it's really left people rattled. Thanks for joining us. I'm Megan Cloherty. And I'm Luke Garrett. Montgomery County Schools is responding to the violent brawl that broke out last Friday night by rolling out what it calls an athletic safety plan. Here's Dr. Monifa McKnight. Traditionally, all football games have always had a safety plan with a special operation plan to manage big games. This has been the practice for many high schools and our police partners have been a part of that conversation for many years. But this approach is one that we see we need to look at further more deeply. And Dr. Jeffrey Sullivan, the athletic director for MCPS, says it's a tiered system to increase security and minimize gatherings at and around games. Uh, We're going to implement these strategies starting this Friday in a tiered system. So I'm going to pull up the first tier of some actions that we're going to take immediately. Sullivan says the major components of tier one of the plan, which will go into effect on Friday, are that all students from the participating schools have to show ID. Students who do not go to those schools have to have an ID and have a parent chaperone. Spectators can only sit on the bleachers to minimize gatherings. There's no re-entry after halftime. There are no backpacks at athletic events. There'll be staggered exits at each campus, and MCPS will reevaluate who has access to the sidelines, including media and school staff. Hopefully we don't have to go any farther, okay, and we have that positive culture and community event established. If there is the reason for a specific game or district-wide, go to Tier 2. Some of the actions in Tier 2, limiting that attendance to the home students. The brawl played out on video and has gone across social media. You can see football players from both teams begin to spar on either side of the field. Then coaches seem to step in to break it up, but they even get involved. The fighting then escalates, with players running from sidelines to support their teammates and coaches. Here's a bit of audio from Kyle Wash's video that shows the whole thing play out. You can find it on WTOP.com. Late Tuesday, we learned head coach at Northwest High School, Travis Hawkins, is facing an assault charge. WTOP's Kate Ryan is here, has been following this story. And Kate, I mean, we don't know much, really, officially about this fight. 
Um, can you tell us what role Maryland police have, or Montgomery County police rather have in this, if at all? Well, it's complicated because this happened in Gaithersburg City. Now, Gaithersburg is a municipality. Gaithersburg police are the ones who have been investigating this and are the leads. When the fight erupted, they called in for Montgomery County police mm-hmm. to help. Montgomery County police under Maryland state law are obligated to provide what's called adequate coverage for security at all schools, elementary all the way up through high school. Yeah, so making sure kids are safe. Exactly. And they used to have the SRO program, the school resource officer program. They now have the community engagement officers. So there is a relationship between county police and school security. And Kate, let's circle back to this Friday Night Lights brawl itself. What do and don't we know so far? Well, there's so much that we don't know about this fight, okay? We know it started on the field. We don't know what started it or who all was involved. But a letter to the school communities from both principals issued on Friday said the fight started between two players and then spiraled to the wider brawl visible in the video clips that we've seen on social media. Mm -hmm. As you can imagine, it's really hard to tell from the video where the fights begin And where people trying to break up those fights begin as well. Now, again, um, the game took place at Gaithersburg High uh, at about 8.30 during the game. Montgomery County police were contacted to please provide backup to help get this thing uh, to simmer down and Mm. calm everyone and disperse the crowd. Then on Monday, we talked with Gaithersburg City Police. They were able to confirm four juveniles, one adult male, had been charged in connection with the fights that happened off the field. Mm. I specifically asked about coach involvement since comments were made by Montgomery County Council President Gabe Albernos, who said, oh, it's so disappointing that coaches were involved in this. Right. Gaithersburg police said on Monday they did not have any information regarding any charges involving the coaches. Right. Then Fox 5, uh, late Tuesday evening, was the first to report apparently there is an assault charge lodged against Travis Hawkins. He is the coach at Northwest High School. And the complainant in the court document is listed as William Gant, who happens to be the athletic director at Gaithersburg High School. We asked Chris Cram, the spokesperson for Montgomery County Public Schools, about this. He referred us back to police and declined to provide any other details, saying, and this is a quote, All matters related to personnel are under investigation and cannot be commented on. Mm. So there's the timeline of it and why we now know that the coach was charged after we saw that the kids had been charged with assault. Uh, We don't know because they're juveniles how old they are, what their names are, anything like that. And we're not going to know that. Um, We should mention that Northwest High School, this head coach, Travis Hawkins, Played as a defensive back in the NFL for the Ravens after playing college ball at Maryland and Delaware. And he actually graduated from Quince Orchard High School. So many football fans may know who this guy is or, you know, know him from the community, uh, Montgomery County football. So anyway, so he is facing a charge. There could be more charges filed here. Kate, do we know what's next as far as these charges? I mean, do these guys have hearing dates or, or do we know what's next I have very little information. For example, in the court documents, there is no listing for an attorney um, Mm. for Mr. Hawkins. So there's very little there. And what about these football teams? You know, this fight involved so many people, coaches, players. Do these football teams have a future this season? Are Friday Night Lights canceled in Gaithersburg? As it is right now, both teams forfeited the game. Mm. We will learn more um, from school officials. Um, 
the, uh, both principals at the schools put out joint statements criticizing the behavior that we saw in those videotaped uh, reports and that the football programs at both schools have been suspended temporarily while the facts are sorted out. We will hear from the county athletic director for countywide sports, so we do expect to hear more. In years past, we have had incidents of violence at football games that resulted in things like shifting to daylight games mm. and restricting attendance, saying that elementary and middle school kids could not attend unless they had parents or guardians with them. Wow. I mean, it speaks to how these things can really get out of control. And, and it's interesting, too, because this is not, as you just said, this is not the first time we've seen things erupt on not just football at different games. Um, why do you think this is drawing so much attention? I mean, there certainly has been other incidents. Well, you're right. And there have been. I'll go back to the most serious one. And I, we covered this case in 2005. A 15-year-old girl, Kanisha Neal, was stabbed and killed after a football game uh, at James Hubert Blake High School. That resulted in a large-scale evaluation of how sports would be handled, how security would be handled, mm -hmm. and why it's a big deal now, because we already have kids who have seen violence in their schools, going back to the Magruder shooting in January. Mm. They're returning to schools in the aftermath of national events like Uvalde. The level of anxiety that kids are experiencing about violence on their school campuses, and now at an event that's supposed to be fun, recreation, not mm -hmm. just for the schools involved, but for the entire community. It's really left people rattled, and, and I think you're going to see some action here designed to deal with just that situation. Mm. And as we see officials, you know, work through the details of this fight and brawl, a big factor is video. I mean, there's social media has taken hold of what's happened here. And the public eye is certainly on this case. Here's the problem for us as news outlets as well. You know, a video shows you a snapshot in time. Um, it doesn't show you what happened before, what happened after. And I know we frequently hear this from police after a police incident, right? But, but it is the fact that they don't tell us a lot other than what we can see. Mm. Um, and that's not to cast any kind of doubt on the fact that we saw a, a massive brawl here. And again, there are two things that happened that night. There was what happened on the field and then what happened off the field as the game disperses and people go to their cars. Words are exchanged, perhaps. We just there's so much we don't know and so much many questions that have yet to be answered. And we'll be asking a lot of questions. You know what struck me? I mean, to your point of how you watch a video, you know, you don't have all the information. But it was interesting watching the reactions of the kids who were on the sidelines immediately like covering their ears, physically reacting, almost like, oh, my gosh, this is happening. It, it, it's happening. It was kind of like you could just sense the anxiety. And to, I mean, that's exactly what you're talking about is mm. like this this heightened level and just to see them all like kind of retreat and get scared, it's awful. I mean, it's awful that it's happening and at even, an event like that. Even the players on the field, if you watch a number of them on the periphery, they're clearly concerned about what's happening to their friend, their coach. Mm -hmm. But they know they can't get involved in a brawl. They don't want to see – again, I can't get in their heads. I wasn't there. But you can see there's an attempt at like, what do we do? How like do a hesitation a little bit, yeah. How do we get this to, how do we get this to de-escalate? Mm. And uh, again, I think these are going to be questions that they're going to be asking. And I do want to say um, regarding football programs, there are a lot of really great – community building events that these kids on the team, Seneca Valley has one that's very notable. Many of the others do too. I don't want to shortchange anyone. 
about sportsmanship and mm-hmm. community building mm-hmm. and being a model for kids around you. So that's where, again, this is really distressing. And I think also when the county council president made his remarks, we have to remember he used to be the director of the recreation department for the entire county. And he is a product of high schools in Montgomery County himself and took place uh, took part in athletics. So he was talking from his heart, I think, being very distressed at seeing this. Yeah. And and again, I, I think there's a lot to be sorted out. Uh, and I, I think we all have to give each other a little grace in like, OK, let's mm. figure out what happened here. But we also need the information to be out there to be able to sort out what's going on. Well, Kate, thank you for bringing us what we do know so far, and we'll keep our eyes on this story going forward. Thank you. And after the break, we have a new segment of DMV Dates for you involving oysters, apples, and a lot of walking. Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602, changing lives. Thanks for listening to the DMV Download. If you like this show, give us five stars and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We love hearing from you guys, and your reviews really do help other listeners find this, our area's only in-depth daily local news podcast. And thank you for making us a part of your day. And before we go, we have this week's segment of DMV Dates. And here with us is Dave Preston with his great ideas. Dave, welcome. Yes, thank you. I hope this is a great idea. <laughs> I guess I mean, we'll see. If you see. have a shellfish allergy, it's not going to be a good <laughs> idea at all. So where does it start? Well, it starts, uh, you meet in uh, Roslyn, uh, okay. at the Roslyn Metro, because I know a lot of people, uh, you know, it's tough to, you know, find parking. And who, mm. who needs to be cursing at people leaving a parking spot to start off a date. You don't you don't want to show that side of yourself. No. So you meet, because this is kind of a semi-meet and greet, you meet at Roslyn at the Metro at 1130 or noon on uh, Saturday, October 22nd. Perfect. Uh, you have a 10-minute walk or so to uh, Teddy Roosevelt Island. First fun fact of this trip, <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt Island, where is Teddy Roosevelt Island? It's between the Kennedy Center and Roslyn? Is it of? in Virginia or is it in Washington, oh. D.C.? I do not know the answer. Technically, it is in Washington, D.C. because Washington, D.C., the borders go all the way to the shores of the Potomac. Wow. On the uh, on the uh, on the Virginia side. Mm. So because even though it's closer to Virginia, even though you enter via Virginia, you are actually technically in Washington, D.C. when you're there. It's why uh, a national airport is called D.C.A. because it was. In high tide, that area before they built that was part of the Potomac. So that's another story entirely for another day. We're not going to the airport on this date. So you walk around uh, Teddy Roosevelt and there's, you know, it's really cool to see the wildlife. And you are, if if you're not looking at the the Teddy Roosevelt Bridge, you feel you could be 20 miles away from the city. Totally. It's very cool. So you do that half hour walk, maybe 45 minutes. It's then a half hour walk to Tony and Joe's. Mm. across the Key Bridge in the Georgetown waterfront. And that day, October 22nd, it's a Saturday, the ninth annual Georgetown Shuck It Oyster and Beer Festival. Uh, Get your tickets today. Uh, Music by Jumpin' Jupiter. So there's a little bit, there's a band. And what's cool about that, if you enjoy oysters, all the purveyors 
for the for Tony and Joe's are there offering up oysters. So uh, you know, Rappahannock oysters from the Chesapeake here, then wow. and everywhere. You stand in line and you eat raw oysters all day. It is a seventy five dollar <laughs> uh, price at this point in time, mm. and uh, it might get bumped up. You know, right. later, like right before the event, mm. but it's it's all you can eat, uh, and it's not just oysters. They well, they have grilled oysters as well, but they have steam shift beef. They have chicken uh, on skewers. Right, they, they have your a money's wide worth. Array. Yeah, exactly. You can go there at one, eat until five. It's house uh, wine and beer on tap. Wow. From there, it is a fifteen minute walk to the Foggy Bottom Metro. Okay, and you can go your own way. So wow. you have a nice yeah. day walking, a uh, nice day talking. Great day if you enjoy oysters, and if you're not a seafood uh, person, I there are a few people I know who aren't big seafood people, but they enjoy hanging out with others and doing fun stuff. And our fun fact number regarding, two. yeah, fun fact number two, oyster is derived, it's Middle English, from the Old French oyster via Latin from Greek ostrion, related to osteon bone, like uh, osteo, you know, whatever, yes. or, and ostracon, which is shell or tile. So basically... Because the oyster's bone is, it, it's a shell or, or a tile. Wow. It looks like a tile. And that is how we got the word oyster. I think they're delicious. Well, you gave us two fun facts yeah. for a DMV date. So got to do a, that. You got to do a bonus. So, wow, the stakes are high here because that's a pretty True. good date. So here is my idea. So tomorrow is astronomical fall. The leaves will soon change. So in that spirit, you're going to go on SmokyMountain.com and figure out, you know, when that fall foliage is at its right. peak. October 24th happens to be that date, and uh, you're going to take your date to the Billy Go Trail. You know, it's right there up along the Potomac River, Great Falls. It's beautiful, beautiful little hike. And um, on October 24th, you know, the— That's the, a Monday, I think. So if you can get the day off. Right. They, but you can, still, you can or, still go the 23rd. Right. Go the you 23rd. can go the 23rd after you go to uh, Shuck It, the if Oyster the, Fest. <laughs> if the date goes wow. really well, you can just do a bam, bam. Yeah. Just ride you know, along may, the Potomac River. Maybe you don't want to do that. You don't want to appear <laughs> to, hey, I got another date planned. <laughs> don't do that. Dial it down. Be it's cool. True. Take your pick, maybe. Take your As pick. As my friend Ice, the leader of the Jets, once said, <laughs> be cool, boy. You got to be cool, cool, boy. So when you're on the Billy Goat Trail, you got to bring a snack, right? What do you bring for a snack? So an apple. So in the past DMV dates, Megan suggested that you, know, you take your date to an apple orchard. So you've done that, assuming, you know, so you bring that, those apples. And the, my fun fact is, did you know you can eat an entire apple, seeds and all, core and all? I'm sure you can. It's like totally healthy. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure you can. Yeah. And on the Billy Goat it's Trail. It's not comfortable. Like it's, I'm sure there are parts of where you're like, ooh, this is not comfortable. There's a, but there's a way can. to do it right, though. Okay. And the, the way to do it right, though, is when you have an apple, you know, you usually eat around right. it, around the core. Right. To eat the core, you've got to twist the apple and eat it straight on. Oh, so wow. you just have, you know. The fruit and the core, and you barely even notice it, I swear. So after you enjoy your apple and, you know, shock, impress, you know, whatever, your date with the uh, whole apple bit, you then go to Old Angler's Inn, you know, which is just at the entrance of the Billy Goat Trail, and they have a beer garden on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, so I guess it's assuming... Yeah, Sunday the 23rd. Yeah, So if So, like, suppose your date is allergic to shellfish. Yes. Well, you do do this instead. (laughs) Boom, and those are your two DMV dates... Ideas for this week. Yeah. Let us know how it turns out. <laughs> Please do. Don't Social blame media. us, but let us know how it turns out. <laughs> Thanks, Dave, for coming on. My pleasure. Okay, I'm back, and those dates sound fun and very athletic. Yeah. Very... <laughs> you got to do it. I think you also need some um, some good walking shoes for that. Date. Totally. Maybe hiking shoes, some Asics, some New Bounces, yeah, you know, whatever. Just something a little, you know, just a text to shoot to your date beforehand. <laughs> hey, maybe don't wear heels.
Yes. Weird. Not even flat. Long distances. Like rubber soles here. Exactly. And that'll do it for us on the DMV download today. This podcast, as always, is brought to you by Steamfitters Local 602. We love those guys. <laughs> our managing editor is Craig Schwab, and our music is by Real World. Leave us a review and rate our show if you get the chance. And if you like this show, you know, tell your friends about it. We love telling us stories, and we love telling them to more people. So do not be shy about the show. Of course, we're always posting on social media for you guys. And if you want to become a VIP listener, go to dmvdownload.com. The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News, that fantastic radio station. You can listen to that on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area. If you're driving around Frederick, you can listen to that 103.9 FM. And if you're in Virginia, 107.7 FM. Online at WTOP.com and on the WTOP News app. Have a great night.